This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Joellen, darling, thank you for joining me on the Talking Joy podcast. Uh, Joellen's career includes technical writing, newspaper reporting and editing, and 10 years of freelance journalism while working uh, in social services. She co-edited the book, The Journey, Um, the School of Spiritual Formation in 2016, and occasionally leads contemplative writing retreats. You received uh, a BA in English from the University of Massachusetts at Boston and an MS in Communications Management from Simmons University. Journaling as a Spiritual Path is your first book, so congratulations, and I'm excited for you to join me today to talk about your book. I have had it in my hands for probably six, seven weeks now. Um, You kindly sent it to me last December. And so I've been working and reading through it and and, uh, it is full of um, some really great information. So I'm excited for the listeners to hear all about it. So welcome. Thank you so much, Pam. It's good to be here. Yeah. So tell me um, a little bit about, you know, your personal journey leading up to sort of uh, wanting to write this book and why journaling as a spiritual practice is uh, so important for um, our spiritual formation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think my journey really started um, back in the eighties and um, I'll just briefly mention that part. Um it was around 19, you know, 1985, and I turned 30 years old that year, and I had a lot of um, ambivalence um, in a relationship that, that I was in, and wasn't sure what direction that it was to go in. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't aware that this was a kind of a relationship that I should, you know, marry a person or not, so there was that big question mark. Um, I was having trouble with alcohol at the time, and I, I really couldn't fix that problem. It was something um, bigger than I could handle, and I wasn't sure, you know, what to do about that. Um, I did try going to church, and I seemed to be getting nowhere with God. It was just, um, you know, really disappointing in, in, in that way. And then all these things were happening and um, my life was empty and I couldn't understand it. I was, you know, doing some of the things that I enjoyed doing, like I was writing professionally at the time. And um, I had, you know, some good friends and um, I was 30. I felt like my whole life was in front of me, but I really was wondering, you know, why do I feel so depressed about my life and my goals and things like that? I didn't even really know what my goals were at that point. So, um, but there's an event that happened and I won't go into a lot of details because it is in the book, but um, someone asked me, what is stopping you from having a friendship with God? And it was like, 
you know, the million dollar question. And I, there was an infilling in my heart and there was an opening and it just, this new energy came into my life and I really didn't have to do much about it. But I picked up a pen and I started to journal and I started to seek out other people who were also wanting to find a higher power in their life, you know, uh, a reconnection with this holy, holy one that I had, you know, grown up with in a faith tradition, but somehow it just hadn't grasped the um, ability to live in that path, to be on that path in a way that really fed my soul. Anyway, I think that was really the key thing. And so, so can you pause for one second, because I, I love what you said about someone asked you a question, but it wasn't just a question. It was a zinger question. Yes. It was a question that stopped you in your tracks. And we often get those. And I believe those are an invitation from God or your higher power to say, hey, you know, you're at a crossroads in your life. And in which way are you going to go? And, and so I love that you caught that because it, it changed the trajectory of your life, really. It did. It totally did. And, you know, I got sober very quickly after that. Um, and I started to uh, root myself in uh, doing the work of the 12 steps. And things really started to change for me. Uh, and I sort of became a citizen of the world. You know, I started learning, doing all of the things that I had always hoped I would do. Um, volunteering, you know, at church and doing projects and um, but not, it wasn't just religious focus. It was my whole life. It was looking at my relationships and trying to see what God's will was in my life. Then I would fast track to 2009 uh, after attending, you know, churches for several years, I still felt something was really missing. And I was invited to go on a retreat the theme of the retreat was an invitation to love. My husband and I both went on it and we went on that weekend and we came away. We're driving home. I remember this so distinctly. We're coming down the hill on the Lehigh Mountain near Lehigh University. And we pulled over and looked out over the valley. It was June. And we, we started talking and we felt like we were being called to this program called Kairos Spiritual School of Spiritual Formation. We decided right then and there that we wanted to enroll in the fall. And we did that. And we were involved there for between four and six years. Uh, Mike went on to do spiritual direction training. I was more interested in spiritual formation. I felt like I was being formed spiritually over again. I was, I was answering the invitation to be spiritually formed in a new way. So we attended and it was, it was totally life-changing. It was uh, not a happy time all the time. It was looking deep within. It was seeing things that I wanted to change or wounds that I had that need to be healed. Uh, all these different aspects of your life really came into the picture. And, and it just gave me this new way to have a relationship with a higher power than mm. I had ever had before. I'm so glad that you just said that it wasn't always easy because... The spiritual work, the spiritual awakening, our spiritual growth um, calls us to be uncomfortable. Yes. But on the other side of that, you know, and fear often blocks us. But on the other side of that, 
there's this freedom that we experience because we've, you know, sort of unpacked some things and, and taken sort of a closer look. Definitely. Definitely. Well said, you know. So in doing that, I also became um, very in touch with um, the creative process because a lot of people at Kairos were very creative and we had creative times when we were there and, you know, we had, we put on plays, uh, you know, we did, um, there were all kinds of um, other things that, that came into play. And so I decided that I would ask Paula D'Arcy to come and do that writing retreat for us. And so that was another way that um, my creative writing, you know, kind of took off. And I started to really be able to do the work of um, deeper journaling by creative outlets, come, you know, coming into the journal over weekends spent like in nature and things like that. So I would see like God in the world, God in nature. And that was a really another big piece that, um, that really helped me to embrace this amazing God. I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's never ending. It's an infinite journey yeah. while we're here and afterwards, I'm sure, you know, that we don't have it all. We'll never probably have the whole picture, but yeah. we get these, glimpses and pieces. And a lot of it had to do with um, practicing solitude and silence. Um, Lectio Divina, which was a whole different way of, of praying with um, scriptures, mm -hmm. um, writing poetry, you know, um, just so many different segues. And that kind of led to this whole idea of putting a book together there at Kairos. And we did that kind of led the effort and it was about people's struggles and joys, you know, their heartaches and hopes and dreams. And all these great uh, photography and art was included in the book. And then having done that, I think I was sort of like ready to do a book for me, for mm -hmm. myself. Not for myself, but actually write it, you know what I mean? Write it for myself to give it to others because I had been learning so much and I wanted to capture all of that. And it seemed like writing a book would have been the best way to do it. So, yeah. And so some of those things that you mentioned, um, <clears throat> you know, being in nature, which I think, you know, during the pandemic, people reconnected with nature, you know, more than they had in the past because we were forced into quarantine. And then, you know, the only outlet outside of your house was nature was out walking. And, um, you know, I've talked to people about that. I think Joyce, Rupp was saying she was kind of annoyed because her regular little path that she walked every day around a pond or somewhere that it was all, all of a sudden, you know, lots and lots of people on there. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is not only is that a spiritual practice and that's healing and we, you know, many people will say to me, I'll say, you know, how do you connect to God? And they'll say, oh, in nature. And it's because we're in all, a lot of the times we see beauty and, you know, it's never the same, even if you do walk the same path every day. But what, what I'm hearing is that you took that spiritual experience to the next level by then coming home, perhaps, and writing about it. And so that's, so, you know, the idea of journaling is sort of taking our experiences, writing them down. Yes. And, you know, letting, getting them out of the body and onto the page. And can you tell me a little bit about that? What that yeah. does for us and what it did for you personally? You know, I'm thinking of, how 
sitting in nature and watching nature and then writing a reflection on, on that, what you see and how you are related to that very thing. One day I was at a park watching these geese and, you know, they were standing at the precipice of the falls and one of them went over and um, went right down, you know, the creek and the other two, the other one followed. And then there was one and she kept going back and forth and she was afraid. And she, she, you know, the other two geese were already out of sight and she was still trying to get over the falls. And I watched her and she finally, when I kind of start paying so much attention, she just kind of went and floated over and she started bobbing down the creek. And, and that turned into a reflection that has really meant so much to me because my question was, where will, you know, where will it take her? Where will this path take her? And, and not that's only that, but the metaphor of, of the fear. Yes. <laughs> and then overcoming it and then sailing along in, into the rest of your life and how those things can stop us. Yes, absolutely. And that was a question, you know, that I was asking myself, you know, where is this path going to take me? Mm. And not that I want to have control over my whole future, but I was looking for the signs, you know, of what I should, what I could be doing. And so I started to write a lot of haiku and other poetry, and that was very helped with um, mindfulness and uh, waking up to, you know, the things that were important. I was writing through um, experiences of shame by writing haiku, and it was powerful. It was very powerful. So I saw that all of this, all of these ways of writing could be part of your journal as well. And so tell me what, for the average person who maybe has, uh, let me share you this. Uh, when I was a kid, um, my mother told me to never put anything in writing that I didn't want on the front page of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why she said that to me, but she did and it stuck. And so I have had this fear of journaling my whole life that my intimate thoughts and reflections about the people in my life, that they would fall into the wrong hands. And so that sort of has blocked me. And I, I bet you that that is more common than not, or maybe an excuse for not journaling, you know, reading your book and really sitting down and being honest with myself and using, I love that you have so many easy prompts in the book, sitting down and, and doing those, you know, it's sort of like, you think you have nothing to say and you can't stop saying, <laughs> you know, it just flows. It's amazing how much is inside of you that needs to come out. So for the average person who say is, has thought about journaling, you know, has, you know, I, people, because I teach spirituality, give me journals all the time. I have all these beautiful journals lying around and how do we get started and what are the benefits from it? Like, I mean, we're hearing some of it. Can you tell me a little bit more? Sure. Um, I put together um, a list of things too, and I I can read those in a minute, but um, you know, I think it's one thing I said in the book is, you know, ultimately it is going to be about whether we love ourselves or not. And I think that journaling is an invitation, you know, to really befriend yourself and to figure out how you want to live your life, you know, in detail and in non-detail, you know, how you want to think about life. Um, And we all have challenges. And so journaling helps us get those challenges out on the paper and see them. And, you know, it's nice because it's between you and you and you and your higher power. If you, if you have a higher power, 
Oh, I love that. And, and, and so it doesn't have to be a scary thing. And I totally understand that because I got caught when I was young with a journal and I got in big trouble for it. Um, you know, practicing privacy with the journal is very important. And so yeah. I'll just say that. Now, when you, know, you wrote that in there, and that was actually very helpful for me because it gave me the permission to do it. Um, I liked how you uh, suggest that we use not like a big journal, but sort of a small spiral brown so you can open it all the way flat on the table and not big pages, but more like five by seven or mm-hmm. um, I like that. I, there's so many great suggestions. So if somebody doesn't know how to get started, this is your book for teaching you really the 101. I think, you know, there should be a course on this from the with the book because it's really a 101 gives you every, all the tools that you need if if you're a newbie to it or if you're you're just putting your toe in it. Um, let me add too that uh, a lot of the women I work with in spiritual direction and my groups and the listeners in the podcast are moms. I, I find so often that we leave ourselves out of the equation when I'm having conversations with people. It's like, oh, well, my husband and my kid and, and my church or my friends and and it's never the, about me and journaling. I loved what you just said is journaling is about you talking to you and to your higher power. And, and it's so important. It's such a good self-care practice. Yes, that is a great statement, Pam. You know, it, it really is about self-care. And um, if I could just, you know, name off some other benefits. Yeah, please. You know, it gives you insight into your life and who, who you are becoming. Mm-hmm. It's a place to share your honest and deepest thoughts and feelings. A regular pra- it's a regular practice of checking in with yourself. It's a growing conscious awareness of what is happening in your inner world. And it's a way to honor what has happened in the past while planting yourself firmly in the present. It's a way to recognize and honor your deepest longings. It's a path to find compassion, not only for others, but also for yourself encouragement to find the freedom and courage to be who you really are you know like it really can really ground us so deeply in this life and and it's not like we become solely focused on ourselves because what happens is all these doors inside start to open and you become so much more transcendent maybe or you become a better person of the world, you know, where so much love can flow through you. Yes. You become so your authentic self. So taking care of myself, then I can better take care of others or be with others that it spills over, you know, into my everyday life. So the spiritual work that I do changes me from the inside Mm-hmm. So that on the outside, it affects, it sort of has this ripple effect, which, which I love. And that's why I do this work. And, and I'm so passionate about it because that's where, that's the transformation, but it has to start. I think like you're saying, you know, within, and I think that that's what happened to you. That's your, you know, your, your unexplainable event back when you got to that fork in the road is that you started to care for the inside. By, by using this path of, of journaling and, and all of the benefits that, you know, that you just, you just listed. Cause that was one of my next yeah. questions was what are the benefits of journaling? But I think that you just answered that. Yeah. And there's just a couple more. I mean, even like something simple, like celebrating life through the practice of a daily gratitude, you know, naming things that we're grateful for when we're feeling, especially when we're like feeling stuck or when negative things happen. Um, 
taking the journey to self-love, becoming your own best friend. I kind of said that a few minutes ago, opening your heart and experiencing all of your feelings. I think that's really important too, because our culture is so oppressive with, you know, expression of feelings. Well, if you can't express them in many places or anywhere, or you feel, you know, that you just can't, maybe you were raised that way, or, or it's the culture that you live or work in or whatever it is, you know, this is a great place to just have that total freedom to just let it roll, you know, even the negative stuff, because you're going to learn things from those negative feelings. Yeah. And you're going to give yourself the opportunity to be heard, you're hearing yourself. You know, it's just taking that relationship with self to another level. I think also that you can learn something about yourself that you would have missed otherwise. You know, it draws attention, sort of like a flashlight onto, um, you know, some of my patterns and behaviors that I might want to change or not even know that I need to change, but you, uh, or some of the suggestions are to, to commit to at least 30 days of journaling. Yes. Um, record a date and anything that you notice upon waking or from the previous day. And then afterward, you ask the reader to go back um, to the entry to see what stands out. And that's where we notice the patterns and the sort of behavioral. But it just gives you sort of glasses to see your life in a different way or to see what's what's really going on. So it's taking your spiritual practices to a whole new level by by writing about it. The beginning, you know, is really a tender place. You know, we have to be gentle with ourselves as we start and not be, you know, force and beat ourselves into the ground to do this or be upset with ourselves and then give up. I mean, that's that's the thing. So the thing about beginner's mind is that you can keep going back and begin again. Each day is a new beginning. If you're not doing so well with it and a few days goes by and you're starting to get discouraged, you can wake up that day and say, well, I'm just going to do something today. I'm just going to try it for today. And, you know, really that's, that's the place where we want to live our lives too. So, you know, it's, I think it's a good way to, to try to, um, to step onto the path and, You know, try to stay connected and do small bits. Small steps is better than trying to do it all. Yes. I, I often say that with the spiritual practice to go into it slowly. Yeah. Don't dive in, you know, don't try to sit in the corner and meditate for half an hour. If you've never done centering prayer or meditation, do it for one minute, two yes. minutes, and then add on each day, another minute, another minute. And before you know it, at the end of a couple of weeks, you've mastered the practice. But to, to I hear what you're saying is to go easy on yourself. And it's not um, something that you're trying to get an A plus on. <laughs> right. You Definitely know, not. Um, and I'm laughing to myself as we're talking because I'm remembering one of my great, great spiritual teachers of, you know, we, we all have people that come into our lives. And I just remember her talking once and saying that uh, she's a big journaler, that she has an agreement with her husband that if anything happens to her, that he's to go into her office to take all of her journals and to burn them. Yes. Um, because they are, that's her intimate, but, but I'd like that she's kept them because what you've said is to, you learn, you to go back and glean sort of, and even, I think you mentioned in the book, going back and looking at journal entries from years ago and, and you can notice how much you've grown and how much you've shifted and changed and how, you know, the depth of your relationship with your higher power has changed. And right. And not only that, you can, it can help you to grieve 
things in your past that you really haven't grieved yet. You know, I, I do talk about um, having gone back and read one of my journals um, when we were moving, because I wanted to, I was ready to let go of, of, you know, like half of them. And, but I wanted to read that time of my life when I, right after this spiritual awakening and this, this new journey I was on, and it wasn't easy. It was very difficult, early sobriety, especially. And I read this entire thing. I couldn't put it down. And by the end, I felt so sad for this young woman who was trying her best, you know, to change and to grow. And it was painful. It was, it was pretty painful. And luckily I had a wonderful therapist to help me through that. Um, but I was able to have this amazing compassion for this younger version of myself, you know, way back there that I hadn't really come to face to face with because I wasn't in my future yet. You know, I, yeah. I couldn't look back yet. And, and it's beautiful that you could go back and do that. Like what a gift you gave yourself in the journaling, because I, I mean, I've, I've, I'm a spotty journaler. And so I don't, I don't have that. Um, you know, you go on memory and you, you, we have selective memory, you forget things. And those ungrieved losses, I talk quite a bit about mourning and grieving. They're two different things and how important that is and how much we can know and learn about ourselves and heal as well through loss of loved ones, through times of period of life, things that happen to us, yeah. you know, that are Somebody traumatic. who's listening might find that what we're talking about right now, scary, like, oh, I don't want to think about that. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. That's, that scares me. Um, what do you say to that? Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, I do mention this as well uh, in the book. And, you know, it's really um, important that if something is really, really overwhelming and really scary, you know, and you and you don't want to open that box right now. That's okay. That's a good thing. That that can be a moment of self care before you get the support around you that you would like to have to make that journey. And so it could be, you know, doing spiritual direction or seeing a therapist or being in a twelve step group or another kind of group. Um, you know, just having. Um, a group of friends to talk to. Uh, it can be in so many different ways. And I know there's a lot of things going on online now that makes that a little easier. Although I tend to want to work with people that I can see and that I know, although in 12 step living, you know, you don't know a lot of people, but it's a very intimate gathering of souls sharing, you know, different um, tragic and good things in, in their lives, you know, so there's many ways to accomplish it, but I, I take your point very much. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't want anybody to just dive in and start trying to do something on their own that they know that it's just going to really hurt them. You know, what I'm hearing is, um, but what you're inviting us to consider is to have a support system on the outside that it's healthy, especially if we're talking about emotional tender things, some losses, um, you know, in our past and things that people, like I was saying, people are like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. And I, I know plenty of people like that in my life. And, and perhaps I was like that at a time. And maybe that's why I was drawn to this work. But, uh, but what I'm hearing is in, in a, a healthy 
spiritual path involves others to help support us and unpack things that may be difficult. So if I'm struggling with something in the journaling and I'm, or I'm having an aha moment and I need to, I need to have maybe a spiritual director or therapist to say, Hey, this came up in my journaling. Can you help me unpack this? Can you, you know, find, help me find the grace around it because I'm upset or whatever. And so I like that. I think that that's a healthy way to have like this inside outside balance. That is so true. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I really think that people that might be turned off, you know, on some of those things that I was mentioning for support, I mean, spiritual direction is a great follow-up to therapy. If you've done therapy, um, it's a great way to segue into, you know, that connection with a higher purpose and a higher power. And, um, yeah, the one thing I love about spiritual direction, just because I'm a spiritual director, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just an important part of my life. But uh, there's someone who companions you along your journey, and they're not fixing or telling you what to do, but sort of helping you notice what's happening. And they could help you notice what is happening uh, in your life. I, I should mention that last year during during uh, quarantine, I did the Ignatian spiritual practices with my spiritual director, but guess what? I journaled every day for eight months, every morning. And it was so life-giving. It was life-changing. I, I was, I mourned it when it was over. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, what am I going to do with myself now? I got up every morning and I would write and like all these beautiful poems and things would just come out of me that I didn't even know were in there. And oh. it was just such a rich, beautiful time, but I did it with the spiritual director that we met once a week to, I had my instructions to, to do on the in-between time. Um, but then, you know, last fall, your book came into my hands and I was like, oh, well, there's the journaling piece again that I was longing for. So I really accepted the invitation of your book and, and, and have been, you know, doing some of the work. Um, and I would just say that, uh, that your chapters have questions for journaling, which is so great because you just need that prompt. I feel like it's almost like, you know, you just want somebody to just say, okay, how do I get started? And, and you have all of that there. Um, you have meditation sections, you have numerous question prompts and lots of exercises at the end of there's five chapters in the book of, at the end of, and chapter one suggests, uh, ways to set our intentions and to create rituals that support the journaling practice. And chapter two describes the importance of mining metaphors on the spiritual journey. Three tackles challenges that keep us stuck. And we all can relate to that. You know, we get stuck. We're afraid. You know, I, I, I feel like we get stuck. It's really, it's fear. Yes. Makes us get stuck. And then five focuses on contemplative journaling and deepening our journey to the true self and I just thought maybe you could uh, define what is the true self <laughs> and what's the false self for people who don't know. Yeah, that was a great question because um, I think I think I describe it in many different ways in the book. You know, so that's a great question. There's a chart on page two fifteen, and it's talking about like aspects of wholeness in our life, and one of them is the true self, my inner light. It's the true person I am and was born with beneath all social and cultural conditioning. All that is good in me does good and lives in unity with spirit, the one in me that seeks and knows truth. 
And, you know, so that's just one way to say it. I mean, the true self comes also from the Franciscan tradition. And so it's, it has, you know, a more religious definition to it. Um, I try to incorporate that with also authentic living, you know, and auth- finding our authentic selves. I think that a lot of people can relate to that. You know, when you're feeling that you've been authentic. You know, you, you just know it and you just, it makes you feel good. And it's like, you know, I didn't just go along with the crowd on this. You know, I was able to share something deep within me that is meaningful to me from my own perspective. And, you know, you, you start to, to, to live that way. And, and it's not to get attention. It's just to be who you are. And I think that's really, you know, the true self is who you really are. And so many clues are in our past and we can do so many, so much in journaling and journaling exercises to find out, make those connections within ourselves to say, you know what, this is what, how I really feel and how I truly believe. And, and it's not just about thoughts and feelings, but it's about where I take this energy of love that kind of fills those spaces for us and moves us in the direction of a true calling, you know, true purpose and meaning in our lives. And I talk about those things too. Yeah. And when I'm living as my true self, I'm in my groove. I, I don't have to think about the past or the future. I can just completely be myself. And I just to flip that around when someone else is their authentic self with me. I mean, I feel like they see me, they hear me, they're right there with me. I mean, you feel that love, you feel that energy, you know, that connectedness, Um, just to, just to give people an idea of like, if you're ever with someone and they're fully awake and present to you, that they're being their authentic self and how, and one of the pathways to find out who my authentic self is, is to journal is to get what's on the inside out onto the page so that I can have new eyes for seeing it. And then out into the world. Yeah. Out into the world. Yeah. It is like a, the journal is like a stepping stone because we don't just journal to hear ourselves talk. We journal, we live life and we journal, we Mm. live life and we journal. And it's, it's that just what you're talking about. Yeah. That process of that. And that over time we will see ourselves more clearly and, you know, and and it will strengthen that relationship I'm hearing with, uh, with that divine love that's within all that's within all of us. It is, it is there waiting to happen, um, available to everyone, everyone, every single person in the world can ask for that to be revealed, to experience that. And so that's, that's the spiritual path. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing all of this great wisdom and, and for this new exciting book. Um, I'm, I can't wait for people to get their hands on it. I think it's a, it's a great way to, uh, to journey within and, um, and to, you know, I would just say that for people to trust the process of it, Yes. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me and being being able to share this. So at the end of the podcast, I invite my guests to share uh, their favorite words that they're living by right now or their favorite quote. And you sent me one from Thomas Merton, New Seeds of Contemplation. It says, every moment and every event of every person's life on earth plants something in the soul. For just as the wind carries thousands of winged seeds, So each moment brings with it germs of spiritual vitality come to rest imperceptibly 
in the minds and wills of people. Most of these unnumbered seeds perish and are lost because people are not prepared to receive them. For such seeds as these cannot spring up anywhere except in the good soil of freedom, spontaneous, spontaneity, and love. And then you also have over here a quote by yourself. Um, you say, I am convinced that discovering the divine and our true self are two of the most amazing, grounding, and life-changing choices we will ever make. Joellen <laughs> Darling. Um, and I love that one because I think that that summarizes uh, everything that we that we talked about today and everything that's, that's, uh, that's in your, in your great new book. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm Pam Rotelli Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at talkingjoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.